This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's time now to go beyond the headlines. And for the next two hours, go where every sports fan wants to go. Behind the scenes and into the practice facilities, locker rooms, coaches' offices, and press boxes to get the info before anyone else. This is the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Good morning, everybody. We are the Insiders. I'm James Ham. Joining me today, Jesse Tavia. Out of the bullpen again. Out of the bullpen. Uh, Kyle is under the weather this morning. Uh, not alcohol-related. Uh, he's under the weather, and he's not going to be in uh, to hang out with us today. But, man, Jesse, we got a lot to talk about. I mean, it, it, yesterday's game, for us, we're doing a show, and all that pretty much went about as good as you would expect it to. Yeah, like when you're sitting there getting ready to, to build out a show for a day like today— and it's just a riveting game, like from top to bottom. I just thought it was, it was a spectacular Super Bowl, and I was hoping that the 49ers would win. I, I said it on Friday: if you allow Patrick Mahomes to have the last, uh, the last possession, you're going to lose, and that's exactly what happened. The Kansas City Chiefs, ups, well, I don't know, upset, but. Uh, two and a half point underdogs. Yeah, uh, they they beat the San Francisco 49ers twenty five to twenty two in overtime. Uh, absolutely sp- spectacular game. It, it was um because we'll talk more about the game coming up and stuff like that. But like all the narratives and everything going into it, you kind of just left the game going like I'm like it was just a good football game. The better team won or whatever. Chiefs had one more um, chance to win it and all that. It's just. It, just the better team won yesterday, I guess. Yeah, I'm not even sure if the better team won. It's just a team that that came up with the last place. And that's to me like when we were watching it. Normally, when you see a slugfest, a, a 25 to 22 game, right? That's not that interesting. And, and I think like this game was like rolling in the first half, and it's like three to nothing for a while. And the whole time you're sitting there like, man, this is such good football. The tackling was incredible. The pressure by the defensive line uh, of the 49ers was absolutely spectacular against Mahomes. Like, no one could really do anything because it was such high-level competition. Yeah, that's the thing. Not all low-scoring football games are the same, all right? If it's like 22 to 20 or, you know, it's a low-score game where we're just punting the whole time, yeah, that sucks. That's terrible or whatever. But if defense is making plays, defensive yeah. line's getting to the quarterback, secondary's um, intercepting the ball and all that, it's just like, that. what more could you ask for? Yeah, I think the the chess match between the offensive coordinators and defensive coordinators was brilliant the entire game. I, I do think the Chiefs saw something early on that they could exploit with the 49ers uh as far as like the way that they were the way that they were pass protecting and and dropping back and not spying on Mahomes. And I think they also they held on to that until late. They didn't use that card. They saw it early on. He had one or two runs. You're like, okay, they're not doing it anymore. And then all of a sudden, late in the game, Mahomes just comes up big with his legs. And, uh, yeah, I mean, again, 
the kicking of Moody, I thought was like a certain coming in. He misses the extra point. He gets it blocked, but the three makes were brilliant. Yeah, um, I mean, kicker's gonna miss every now and then or whatever. He made he made the he made the big kicks when he needed to. Also, like yeah, he did makes the extra point, but it's like the guy went through three or three from um, regular field goals. Yeah, and, and not only that, but like a fifty-five yarder, like the longest in Super Bowl history at that point. Which and is a everything. crazy record. You figure it'd be longer or something. Yeah, totally, totally. So, uh, and then uh, of course it just comes down to like this this crazy march to the finish line. I went back and watched the end of the fourth quarter this morning. I watched the the overtime session again, especially from the 49ers perspective. And I think the Chiefs just made plays. You know, they they blitzed Purdy at the right time and he didn't make like catastrophic errors. They 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 made the tackles they had to make. They were very sure tackling the entire game, but especially down the stretch. And, you know, I think Shanahan waited a little too long to go back to the run. We were waiting in the early second half, like, what are you doing? Why yeah, are you not he did, running he did really get away from it in the third quarter. Yeah, he, he got away from it. And then at the same time, you get late in the game, and you got McCaffrey, who, again, look, to me, McCaffrey was a warrior. You could see it, that he was beat up, and he just kept fighting and fighting and fighting for yards. But, uh, like, it, it was he saved him for the, the fourth quarter in overtime in case he needed him. And I was okay with that as well. I thought, like, look, if you're going to go into a game and, and have a star running back, you can't run him 35 times, 40 times, that you're going to get away with it. Um, I, there could have been more, and there could have been a few other things that happened in this game that made sense. But, uh, you know, Juwan Jennings was tremendous. Yeah, and then going back to McCaffrey real quick, like, he could have got more touches or whatever, but I think he ended up, like, finished the game with 30 touches. It's like, what, yeah. more, like, what more do you want? He had 30 touches, but there was overtime. Yeah. But still, like thirty is thirty. You know, he he like 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 I feel like there are things to point out, but maybe people are doing a little bit too much with Shanahan. Yeah, I I think so too. And I you know we're gonna dive into all kinds of different aspects of this game, but um, let's start there. Shanahan's decision not to run McCaffrey it, it stands out, but overall, like I don't think when when you get done with a game like this, I don't think it damaged Shanahan's legacy like a lot of people thought. Like if he doesn't win the big one. It's going to damage your legacy. You get done with this game, and I think everyone in the country was just like so caught up in what was just back and forth and spectacular the whole day that you got done, and there was no blame. Yeah, I mean, you can come away from any game where it's like, oh, coach could have did this better, or so-and-so could have did that better, or whatever, but ideally it's just like you said, it was just good football being played, and the only way, like, honestly, if you're coming out of this, like, yeah, like, oh, Shanahan this, or he can't win the big one. Just, honestly, if you're just, like, thirsty for narratives at this point. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I would say the other thing that um, going into the Super Bowl, I think, like, most people that cover sports weren't worried about was if this was going to be, like, the Taylor Swift Bowl. And we were just going to get inundated with Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift. I thought the NFL did such a good job of not getting caught up in the moment. And and we got to see her on occasion, and it was clearly when Kelsey did something or did nothing or you know, ran into Andy Reid and whatever that was. That was wild. Um, but for me, I don't think the, the NFL lost sight of what the game was and what was happening on the field. And to me, that was like a major kudos to them. Yeah, and frankly, I don't think – they even have, um, since she's like been around with Travis Kelsey and like been a part of the NFL season or whatever. I don't think like she's I don't think she's been like overly um, shown on camera or anything like that. So, I mean, as far as like yesterday, yeah, I mean, I think it was pretty much 
with the how how it's been going already. Yeah, you get I, what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, I, I I get what you're saying. Um, I either way, like I I did not want to see more. Yeah, yeah, and I think the it was something strange. Like someone in the room was like the over under on how many times they show her in the box was like five, and I think it got up to like nine times, but nine times in like a three hour game. So I, I don't know. I I thought that that was it was still I thought it was a quality add on to whatever was happening. Like I. I don't know. Yeah, it adds to the story of it all. Like, yeah. like it's a, it's a massive celebrity. It's always going to be good for the league and all that. Yeah, and, and just I've, for the story, of the, not the story of the game, but just just you know, <laughs> just added stories. They just yeah. It's funny they they show uh, they pan to her like a couple of times, and then at one point they're like, oh, you know what? There are other stars in the building as well, and all of a sudden they start going around the 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 stadium, and it's like. There's Beyonce and Jay Z and, and like everyone is there. Oh yeah, LeBron was out there. Yeah, LeBron's there. I mean, they just but those got like such bit parts. Like, oh look, click, 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 click. Look at all these fancy people in the in the audience. This is fun. So I, I thought that that was hilarious. Um, this is uh, the first time since what 2004 that a that a team has won back to back Super Bowls. Kansas City, to me. It's really not even, you know, so much a team as it is a head coach and a quarterback that just find ways to get things done. And to me, that's, you know, again, I'm not disrespecting the rest of the team. I, I think that they they win as a team and everything else. But there is something about this where with the 49ers, we always talk about windows, right? Oh, the window might be closing. This might have been the their last chance, right? Trent Williams is getting older and... Kittle's getting older and Fred Warner and Juszczyk and all these players are getting older and this might be it. But does it feel like like Patrick Mahomes like transcends windows? Like there it Yeah, he's yeah. When you're one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever do it. And I think like call what it is, we can all say that right now. He's probably one of the five to ten best quarterbacks of all time. Probably five if we're being real or whatever. So yeah, when you have a guy like that, it doesn't matter what else you have. Because you look at yesterday kind of like playing off the Andy Reid and um Patrick Mahomes point. You look like yesterday the Chiefs didn't necessarily like play great throughout the game. But I feel like as like the moments got the pressure got tighter and all that, like the fourth downs, um, there was one where I think it was like fourth and one, fourth and two, Chiefs needed it late in the game, and Mahomes takes off with it. But they fake to Pacheco, I think it was. You throw Kelsey out to the side, so you put the focus on him. But really, no, the play is for Mahomes to take off and get that first down. I think in the moments, like they showed why they're so great. They don't need to play like a full a full 60 minutes or whatever because when it comes down to it, Andy Reid's going to make the right make the right play call. Patrick Mahomes is going to make the right read, whether it's taking off with it or hitting whatever receiver he needs to. And the same goes for Steve Sp- um, Spagnuolo, too. Every time they had a big third down, it, it felt like they had the right play call every time for the 49ers offense. Every time. Like, I, I think that, that like the defensive coordinator called a masterful job for the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, I, again, going back and watching each of these individual plays, the uh, – like third and four, he he blitzes somebody off the off the edge and hid the blitz, and I, I think that 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 came back again and again every time there was a big moment, and Brock Purdy handled it just fine. Yeah, he did. But the problem was that there was nowhere for him to go, right? And I that didn't ever feel like it's the case with Mahomes. Mahomes always feels like there's an escape route. There's always somewhere. Like a button that he hits, he he jumps through like an acme hole and pops up somewhere. For me, else on the he field. he's he's the most complete quarterback I think of all time. Like he's got um he's got the athleticism to take off. He he can move around like Rodgers. He can um 
thought you were up like Brady or whatever. He's smart like Manny. Like he's got everything. He's the most complete quarterback I think I've ever seen. Yeah, I think that that's a, a good way to put it. I mean, even if you're looking at, um, you know, again, like Brett Favre is flawed outside of, but he's got a lot of Brett Favre's like risk-taking ability. Um, but he also has the big arm and he can hit any, any throw that you can possibly imagine on the run, diving right, diving left, like whatever it is he's got to do, he finds a way to do it. And I, the way he runs the ball, the way that he can come up with a big throw when he needs to, yeah, he might be the most complete. I mean, again, like when we like stack up all the quarterbacks, it depends. It's all subjective, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I think Tom Brady at this point, you can just kind of say, hey, look, Tom Brady is He the gets greatest. his respect. Yeah, he still gets his respect. Mahomes, yeah. Mahomes is on his way, but Brady still gets his respect. Yeah, yeah. And for me, I, like I'm a, I grew up watching Joe Montana, and Joe Montana to me was the greatest quarterback of all time without any question until Tom Brady came along. And, you know, just because Joe's ability to win the big game and to just be cool and calm and relaxed, it was just something that you didn't really see. Like the the chaos of an NFL game, while everything is going wild all around you, I thought that, like, Joe Montana's ability to just sit back there and like, huh, this is interesting. You know, that that to me, it was, it was fun to watch. And, and then you get to Brady, and Brady just, like, not only does he have that, but he has all of these, all of the passing yards, all of the touchdowns. Yeah, he's got all the numbers. Yeah, and he just keeps playing and playing and playing. Like long before, long after anyone thought that he would be great, he's still winning Super Bowls. And you're like, well, how in the world is this happening? It's like they say with Brady, you cut his career in half. He's got two Hall of Fame careers. Yeah, he does. It's insane. Yeah, it's absolutely, absolutely crazy. Um, you know what, Jesse? Uh, we're going to step aside for a minute, but when we get back, I think that uh, there were some – Brock Purdy had some Joe Montana moments in this game where you just saw the cool, calm collective. And let's let's dive into uh, Brock Purdy and his game in Super Bowl 58 when we come back. So we're the insiders here on ESPN 1320, brought to you by Jiffy Lube. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Welcome back into the Insiders, brought to you by Jiffy Lube. I am James Ham. Joining me, Jesse Tapia, filling in today for Kyle. Kyle is under the weather. Um, Jesse, when you walk into this game, I, there are so many of these these elements that people are pushing. These narratives, right? And I think the the biggest narrative we saw throughout the last half of the season was: Is Brock Purdy that guy? Is he? 
a franchise quarterback. We got into the debate, Kyle and I did, like last week. Um, can he get you over the hump? Is he a big game guy? Uh, he hadn't really had that opportunity despite all the wins and despite all the yards and, and touchdowns. He hadn't really had a lot of opportunity to come back in a game because it's just not how the Niners are built. Um, but when we walk out of this game, I sure do have a different feeling about him as a quarterback. Ooh, different how? I feel like I feel like he answered every question. Like, did he hit every throw? No. But did he give them an opportunity time and time again? Yes. That That's what I thought. I thought that his ability to march the team down the field in crucial moments was big. I think of all the games this season where he'd only hit, like, four different receivers, this was one where he opened up the playbook and he hit everybody. And I thought that that was a good sign, like his his ability to distribute the ball. Should he have got the ball more to Ayuk? Should he have found Kittle a few more times? Maybe Debo a few more times? Sure. But that doesn't mean that he, he didn't find anyone. I mean, Juwan Jennings, to me, was just absolutely phenomenal. Kept coming up with big plays. And uh, I thought Brock Purdy, when you watched him standing in the pocket, and he's just so relaxed. It was like his, oh. his pocket presence for being a second year quarterback is incredible. Yeah. The dude just has so much poise where it's like he's almost been in the league for he's it's like he's a veteran in the league. Yeah, and for me it's like sometimes he can just when you watch somebody you're like, oh. He fully gets it. I mean, he made the one play late in the game where he found McCaffrey where he was clearly going to get crushed. He had guys coming from behind him uh like chasing him around the corner. And another guy coming up from the front that was going to hit him, and and you knew he was going to get buried, and he just lofts the ball over the top to McCaffrey, who busts down the the sideline for a long, a long game. And for me, I just kept looking at him and thinking, I don't have any questions moving forward if he is the quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers. Well, I mean, because um, I'm gonna bring it back a little bit, like the Trey Lance plan. They drafted him to kind of be the guy where you fill in and all that. And, you know, like this team's going to be good enough for you to like get us wins and get us deep in the playoffs. If this is Trey Lance, I don't think like this is as much of a conversation. Like Brock Purdy, like he's taking the 49ers to the NFC Championship game, got hurt early on in the game. Next year, people were asking questions and all that. Takes him to the Super Bowl. And I get he's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not Lamar Jackson. He doesn't have the physical gifts of Josh Allen at all. But numbers used to mean something, you know. And he's got the numbers. He's he's. What it comes down to is he's perfect for the 49ers and he wins them ball games. He's exactly what they need. So in my mind too, is like, yeah, for me it's been answered already. Like, yeah, he's a franchise quarterback for them, I think, too. Yeah. I mean, when he gets done with this, I mean he's twenty three for thirty eight, two hundred and fifty five yards and a touchdown. He threw no interceptions. Not only that, but there wasn't really I mean, we you had the one ball where Debo um where it goes off Debo's hands and linebacker almost picks it off. But realistically, there wasn't like one egregious throw where you're like, oh my gosh, what was he thinking? I thought he made like spectacular plays here and there that just showed you something. We even, uh, Jesse, you and I were watching some of the game back. The play late in the game where he rolls out to his right, he's got a defensive lineman chasing him, and he kind of like pushed up like he might run. And then dropped back and created the space. A defensive lineman lost his footing. Then he fires it to Juszczyk, who makes a spectacular play, dives for the first down. That's one of those plays where I think even earlier in the season, we saw him in a similar situation make a horrible error where he, he was running towards the sideline 
and then he he tries to fire it to I think it might have even been Yuschek, but instead fires it to a linebacker who picks the ball off. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Right, and for me, the growth that we saw even in this moment was like, man, just look at him go. You look. watch him, and it's like it's like the old saying, I guess, like the it factor. He he's got it. You don't know what it is, but you watch it, and you watch him get um run out of the pocket or whatever, and he evades these defenders, and he's breaking out to the right and he sees you checking he hits him it's just like like that's a big time play like like big time quarterbacks make those plays right there yeah i i mean and again you talked about his pocket presence i mean just the way he he moved around the entire time like the chiefs put a a good solid rush on him but he just always seemed to find like a little alleyway to move and to get through while keeping his eyes downfield he had the ball late to to debo that he didn't like it wasn't a completion but even still it was just a masterful way that he was able to stay alive in the pocket and then fire a deep ball. And you have to you have to throw a deep ball on occasion. And you, you've got to go for it. You've yeah, got to stretch the, defense, the defense. Yeah, you do. Um, anyway, uh, that's one thing that really stood out to me was just like, it's almost like a coming-of-age story. You're watching a guy who, like the question marks, just keep hitting, keep hitting. And I just can't imagine the 49ers moving forward like the next five years without... Brock Purdy as our quarterback. I think he answered every question that you possibly had in that game. Truth be told, I know it's probably crazy to say, but even if he didn't have like all these weapons, let's say he just has Ayuk or whatever, Debo's gone in a few years, Kittle's gone or whatever, I still think he could play um, the quarterback position pretty well. I don't think there's going to be like this massive drop-off where it's like, oh, all his weapons are gone. Like like you said, I think it's easy right now. He's the quarterback of the 49ers for the next five seasons, three, five seasons or whatever. Yeah. Uh, we did have the injury to Debo early in the game where it what was it? It looked like a hamstring injury or something. Yeah, so it looked like he pulls him. I yeah, was, I think it was hamstring. Yeah, and of course they you know they take him in the blue tent and like they must have had like seventeen needles just jab 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 uh, because he actually looked okay throughout the rest of the game. But do you think it did impact like just not only his ability to to become like a huge part of what was happening, but also like just the threat of him. You know, yeah, definitely, because, I mean, it's it's the Super Bowl, so at this point, it's like, you might as well play through it. It's not like you have anything going on next week or whatever. And playing through a hamstring injury, we know, like, those don't just go away. It's like, oh, I pulled my hamstring or whatever. Let, um, let me stretch out real quick, and I'll be ready to go. Like, no, that's going to stick with you. You're going to have to keep stretching out throughout the game and all that. So, yeah, I do think it did affect him. Now, the other big injury in this game, have you ever seen anything like the Dre Greenlaw thing? That was that was, that was, that was honestly one of the saddest things I've ever seen, watching sports, honestly. Wasn't it just horrible? Yeah, cause you, cause we watch like we all love sports or whatever. We all wish like playing sports growing up. We all wish we were in these moments. And you watch the guys like, wow, like that's cool for them. Like they get to be a part of this or whatever. And you see Greenlaw, he's getting pumped up, jumping on the sideline and all that. Like just getting ready to go. Like I'm gonna go hit somebody, and then he just takes off, and that's like that's it. His Achilles is blown. Like that's just one of the saddest things I think I've seen in sports. Yeah, you know what? I've been unfortunately I've been in attendance when like two major, major Achilles pops happened. Uh, Rudy Gay, uh, Golden One Center Floor, um, he was actually right down below us, and he he took a step, hit the ground, and just put his head down and started hitting the floor. And, like, I knew right away, like, oh, no. And then I was in Toronto at the finals when KD took the step, and, and then the Raptors fans were just absolutely horrendous. And Kyle Lowry took the mic and told them all to shut up uh, to stop being disrespectful to Kevin Durant because, I mean, everyone knew at that time that he had, like, it was major. Yeah, it's one of those injuries when you see it, you kind of know, like, you kind of know what it is. Yeah, even with Greenlaw, he goes to run, it was like, what is he doing? And then, like, oh, he just tumbled? Oh. 
and it was on like a punt, right? It's on a punt return, uh, and they're getting they're going out to play defense after after the punt, and it's like, oh my gosh, he he's done. And then to have that, it was it just me or was like the cart that they pulled out even worse? It was like, oh no, yeah, like we gotta we gotta talk about that, fellas. The next work meeting, we gotta talk about that. Why was Dre Greenlaw on the front? Yeah, that and and why is it? Why do we have such tiny carts? Maybe we talk to I don't know, like whoever handles the money. Let's go talk to them. Maybe we can get like a bigger cart or something. It was the least sexy part of the entire Super Bowl. It literally looked like a utility truck. Like, but there's a janitor at the local <laughs> mini golf place that drives that. I know. I was like, what is that thing that they just pulled out? And then they start driving around the outside. You're like. And everyone in the you're just sitting there like, oh no, he's done. Like they're carting him off. But then I start my my first thought is, oh, that's like the Austin Powers cart. That's what that he gets wedged in the hallway. Yeah, and he's just stuck the whole time. <laughs> and then they pan to the like, they're in the hallway, and there they are. They're like making like a 17 point turn to get Greenlaw down the hallway. I thought it was one of those moments where you're like, oh, this is a Raiders stadium, isn't it? That's what, that's my that's first not thought. nice. That, that was my first thought. Like, oh man, cheap ass Raiders. Mark Davis cutting costs <laughs> on the carts. <laughs> he he cut costs on nothing else except for the cart that might be on national television picking up a player to take him to the back. Yeah, maybe maybe next year. Roger Goodell, I think he's in New Orleans. He talks to the Saints owner. Hey, um, last year we had a cart situation for the Super Bowl. Let's not have that this year. And if if I'm the Raiders in that situation. Wouldn't you have like a bubble helmet with a Raiders emblem? Like, wouldn't you like just? Oh, this is all we have. Sorry, it's like a giant Raiders. Isn't cart. the big helmet cart? Yeah, big helmet cart with a little flatbed on the back. But you know, that's how you get your brand back out there. I don't hate it. That's what I would have done. I don't know. Mark don't Davis, know. buy a bigger cart next year. Buy a bigger cart. We're gonna Please. need you to have a bigger cart. Yes. Yeah. That that's ridiculous. You've embarrassed yourself in front of like a hundred million people. Uh, because you had a very, very small cart. And it's just the whole the whole visual because it's like Dre Greenlaw's on the front. And there's some guy laid out in the back, too. Like, there's a back to the cart, and he's just feet up, too. It's like, maybe give Dre, Dre that spot. Like, maybe his legs aren't long. Like, his legs are too long, but I don't know. It's just the whole visual was just not, not great. No, it wasn't great. It wasn't great. Maybe Greenlaw didn't want to be in the back of the cart. Maybe that was part of it. That's maybe fair. he's like, hey, I don't want to be that guy, lit, like, waving to the crowd yeah, yeah, yeah. out of the back of the cart. That's I didn't even possible. think about that, yeah. That's possible. All right, you know what? We're going to step aside. When we come back, uh, Kyle Madison's going to join us. He's going to pop in uh, from home and, and chill out and hang out with us. And, uh, yeah, good stuff. So we're the insiders here on ESPN 1320, brought to you by Jiffy Lube. We'll see you in just a minute. Now, back to the insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen, brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Welcome back into the Insiders. I'm James Ham. Joining me today, Jesse Tapia. Kyle Madsen is out, but now he's not. He's here on the stream with us. Kyle, how are you? I've been better. <laughs> uh, no, I'm I'm all right, man. Uh, definitely, definitely could uh, could be worse. So um, hanging uh, hanging in there, doing my best. Now you watch that game just like everyone else in America and and across the I. globe. Just uh, what's your what's your initial thought? What like where do the Niners go from here? How how do you handle uh, a loss like that and the way that they they lost? I don't uh, 
I don't know that they have to do anything that dramatically different. Like I know there's the the knee jerk reaction immediately after the game, but when you start going through, they were three for twelve on third down. Like that's just not going to get it done. You have to execute and you have to make plays. Uh, and, and frankly, that's what we saw in the 2019 Super Bowl as well. Uh, the plays were there to be made, and they just didn't do it. Um, and then there's factors like the 49ers fumbled twice, and the Chiefs recovered both of them. The Chiefs fumbled five times, and the 49ers recovered one of them. Uh, San Francisco got turnovers. They got stops. They did everything they had to do defensively. Uh, we knew that the Chiefs' defense going in was good, though. This is a defense that gave up 27 once all year. Uh, they held the Ravens, which looked like a buzzsaw, to 10 points. Like, this is a, a really, really good defense, and the Niners had their opportunities to, to capitalize. And I, I wrote about it yesterday morning, actually. Like, here's how the Niners can keep, because I picked the Chiefs because of Patrick Mahomes. And mm-hmm. everybody else in America, when you saw him picking the Chiefs, it was like, well, they have Patrick Mahomes, and he's just kind of inevitable. Well, when that game was close and it was 10, nothing. You're like, yeah, it's way too close. And then it's 10, three and you're still too close. And then it's 10, six. And just the longer that game went on and the longer the chiefs were within one score, the longer the Patrick Mahomes thing was going to be a factor. And I, I mean, all, all to me, this was not some crazy indictment on Brock Purdy. Uh, I believe he went 13 for 18 for like 113 yards and a touchdown in the fourth quarter in OT. Like he did everything he had to do to go blow for blow with Patrick Mahomes. And uh, at the end, they, they, the Chiefs got a touchdown and the Niners didn't. It's just one of those things where it's like the Niners, they didn't kill the game early on enough and you left the door creaked open just, just enough for Pat Mahomes to sneak in there at the end. Yeah. And it felt like that the whole way, right? Yeah. And there was just the, the longer, the longer that went on. And then I like, get the interception to start the second half. It's like, man, if they can get a touchdown here and make it 17 to three, like that would, that would just be, and then they get no points out of it. Like, so I, I just, there, there were enough plays available to be made. Uh, and the Niners just didn't do it. And honestly, like credit to Patrick Mahomes, credit to Travis Kelsey. Uh, they're both hall of famers, Chris Jones. I don't know if he's a hall of famer, but damn, he has killed the Niners twice in, in Super Bowls. He was awesome yesterday. And, uh, and the Niners just didn't really have, any answers so um when you walk out of this game and you're looking in the game that that Purdy did have uh-huh I thought he was really good and I thought I the whole time he was calm he was collective he looked like a guy who was who was a Super Bowl winner or, or at least mm-hmm. a, a a high level guy who got his team to the Super Bowl he didn't look like an accident you know what I mean yeah. and yeah you walk out of it you're like okay that's the guy I, I at least for me it was like if there was any more question about it I think he answered it. I think that, yeah, they probably could have schemed a little bit better. You probably should have left a guy uh, to pick up the blitz on a couple of those third downs where I thought Spagnolo just called like an incredible game as a defensive coordinator. But yep. I, I don't think that Brock Purdy lost that game at all. I feel, I feel like going like coming out of that game, you kind of like you give respect to a Chiefs defense and kind of come out of it thinking like Brock Purdy did what he could against them. Like he, he didn't make any major mistakes or anything like that. And he, Played about, I don't want to say as clean as he could, but more so just he, he played well enough to where they were in a position. Yeah, I, I left. I, I couldn't agree more with you guys. I left the 2019 Super Bowl going like, dude, Jimmy's not it. I, I don't know if they'll ever win a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo. That wasn't the vibe I had yesterday. 
Purdy wasn't good in the third quarter, but he was really good in the first half. He was really good in the, in the fourth quarter in OT. He had, he had one tough quarter where he was under a ton of pressure. And that's the other thing is it wasn't, it wasn't, what did he finish? 23 of 38. It wasn't like he was just missing throws that were there. Uh, he was trying to fit throws into tight windows. Debo Samuel had three catches on 11 targets. Mm. Debo had, I don't know what his average separation was, but it was probably not very much. I felt like there was constantly a defender right there and and Purdy was trying to fit balls into tight windows. Uh, I, I can think of maybe one or two throws that were there that he missed, but I can think of one or two throws that were there for Patrick Mahomes that he missed. Um, and if if you're and this may be the case, like this might just be why Patrick Mahomes is is going to be a 10 time Super Bowl winner. Like if you need a quarterback that is as good as Patrick Mahomes to beat Patrick Mahomes. I don't know. I, I don't know what to tell you. You said we'll see you in 10 years, guys. Right. Like Josh Allen hasn't been able to do it. But the, Josh Allen and the Bills gave the Chiefs 13 seconds. And they still tied a game <laughs> and then and then won an OT. Like, I don't know. It, it, Lamar Jackson couldn't do it. Lamar Jackson put up 10 points. It, it was all season. I was like, oh, I don't know, guys. Like Mahomes is great and all that. He doesn't have the weapons. Offense isn't looking that good. I don't think this is the year for the Chiefs. Oh, now they got to go on the road in the playoffs. Doesn't matter at all. Went yeah, to Miami, Buffalo, Baltimore, and San Francisco. Doesn't doesn't it, it is unbelievable. So that's that's the thing, James. And I think I think that's the the right point with with Purdy is this is not some indictment on his ability as a as a quarterback. And in fact, I think if anything, he acquitted himself really well in in the biggest stage he's ever been on. And I think this gets so lost, like. He's in his first year as a full-time starter. There is potentially growth here, right? Like we talk about it with Keegan Murray all the time. Keegan Murray now is not the player that Keegan Murray is likely to be in three to five years. So I think that that you could project that out with Brock Purdy as well. Like, yeah, hey, he could be he could be a little bit better. Where maybe maybe he makes the two or three extra kind of off schedule, individually great plays to win that game in two years or, or next year. Uh, and, and conversely, maybe he comes out and face plants next year and he, he looks a lot more pedestrian, but I think right now, everything, everything that we know about Brock Purdy, he led two game winning comebacks in the, in the fourth quarter of the playoffs. Um, he led two in the fourth quarter game tying or go ahead drives in the fourth quarter, uh, and OT in the Super Bowl. Like he did everything he had to do, at some point, your defense needs to get one more stop, um, and and the Niners couldn't uh, couldn't get it. Yeah, and I would also point out that I, I think people forget Brock Purdy like destroyed his elbow and had no offseason program between That's his first point. and second year. The fact that his like the most crucial year as far as like an yeah. NBA player is between your first and second year. It's where you understand what the league looks like. And then you try to adapt and make changes to your body. You try to change your game. You try to figure out how you fit in. Well, Brock Purdy doesn't even get that. And yeah. if you don't think that NFL is more complex than, than the NBA, uh, quarterback's job is so incredibly complex. And for him not to be able to be out on the field, I'm really excited to see what he looks like. I mean, we didn't even think he probably not even full arm strength until midway through the season, maybe. Mm-hmm. And not saying that he didn't even get beat up and dinged you know, with other injuries throughout the year. And Kyle, you said, you know, he didn't have like the big, I think he did have some signature plays 
the oh he did yeah yeah the play to use check was on second and twelve yeah stunning like the way mm-hmm. that he was able to get a uh, defensive lineman off balance the throw that he made to McCaffrey over the top while he was getting crushed uh, that yeah. ended up being the big play those are plays where you're like okay he had winning moments they just mm-hmm. didn't have that that one last piece to get them over the hump in crunch time. Yeah, don't get it twisted. He didn't. It wasn't that he didn't make any plays. It was just that if Patrick Mahomes made ten, and Purdy made four, if Purdy makes six, they win the game. Like that's that's what like yeah. a couple more plays like that. And I, and like I said, I think I think there's a version of Purdy where he he is able to do that, which is why I didn't come out of this game like oh they need to punt at quarterback. The other player I want to shout out for the Chiefs is um, Trent McDuffie. Mm. He was unbelievable the, on the Niners' last drive of the game. They had a second and four and Purdy hit George Kittle on a little out where like that play is designed to to get five yards. It is that it's a short little out and Kittle catches it. He turns the corner. He gets tackled for a first down. If he gets a first down there, uh, it, it's it's ball game. The Niners run the clock down and they kick a short field goal and they and they win it. Um, and then on third and four, they called a blitz with McDuffie, who timed it perfectly uh, and he, he became a free runner at, at Purdy and forced him to make a bad throw to Juwan Jennings. So uh, Trent McDuffie on those two plays, like single-handedly saved the Super Bowl for the Chiefs. He was he was really, really good all day. He also had a pass breakup on a on a shot to Debo Samuel in the end zone. Uh, he was he was awesome and a, and a huge reason Kansas City won. You yeah. Mentioned, you mentioned that third down play too. Me and Jim was talking about it earlier. It's just the Chiefs, it felt like every big third down that um, where they needed a stop and all that, Spagnola just had the perfect play for the 49ers yeah. offense every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, Steve Wilkes, just to to piggyback on that, Steve Wilkes, conversely, it felt like made the wrong call. Every time he dialed up pressure, he's like, why is it third and third and two uh, at the end of the game and they blitz and leave Jarek McKinnon just open in the flat and Patrick Mahomes is going to find that easily. Uh, the Niners did not do a good job uh, at the end of the game of disguising blitzes and calling blitzes. I, I, I thought Steve Wilkes was really good in the first half and then over the final quarter and overtime had a, had a tough time. Yeah. I think one of the things that I, I would point out is it looked like Mahomes saw something early on that he could get out and run, but he yeah. held on to it and he didn't use it again and again. So the Niners would stop it. He wanted yeah. to save it for when he really needed it. And to me, that was something that he recognized and the chiefs recognized a flaw in the 49ers defense. And then when we get late in the game, he takes off and busts out the big run. And he had a couple of quality runs, but it was, you know, like no one was watching him. And it might've been a little bit because Dre Greenlaw was gone. That might've been part of it, but either way, it didn't matter. Like there was a, a, a area for him to go and he took advantage of it. And he made tremendous plays that impacted the, the chief's ability to win that game. We talked about this on on Candlestick Chronicles last night, but to that exact point, the fourth and one in overtime, where if the Niners get to stop, the game's over, and the Chiefs go shotgun uh, read option, basically. I don't even know if there was an option, though. I think it was just a fake handoff to Pacheco, and then Mahomes keeps it around the right end for, for a huge first down. Nick Bosa on that play just crashes down to try and take the handoff, and it's like, bro, you think the Chiefs, the Kansas City Chiefs, fourth and one, their season on the line is going to go shotgun run handoff to Isaiah Pacheco. Yeah, we got you one of the greatest. The Chiefs are doing? One of the greatest quarterbacks of all time here. But hey, Isaiah, you I, get this one. 
Here, seventh round pick. You go get it. Like, you got this, dog. No, I, I, I thought, and again, you can't, it's easy for me to sit here and say, oh, Nick Bosa shouldn't crash down on that. That's it, it, it's easy to say from from here, but that's the kind of just little things that the Chiefs keep in their back pocket. And then, oh yeah, hey, biggest moment of the game: Patrick Mahomes designed runs. Patrick Mahomes scrambles. Why not? He's just really good player, man. He's such a pick your poison quarterback. Like you try to defend him however you want, but he's just he's gonna find some some other way to get it done. Yeah, yeah, he's man, and it's not like. It was funny during during that entire second half. It was just I I never I I never really felt like the 49ers were going to win. Like the more the more the Chiefs hung around, but then when McCaffrey ran it on first and 10 in the red zone and got it to a second and 4 in overtime. I was like, "Oh, they're just going to run this in and then they're going to get a stop and the game's going to be over." Which made everything way worse. <laughs> that made, that made it, I, I convinced myself they were going to win, and then they didn't. Is it, uh, I don't know, what do you think? Moody doesn't end up being a factor. Well, I mean, I guess he does. He misses the extra point or gets blocked. Oof. But was, he also hit, hit a 55-yarder. He was mm-hmm. he hit all the other, he was three for three uh, as a field goal kicker. He put the ball yeah. in or, in the end zone or out of the end zone on every single kickoff. Yep, I, I thought he was. He's not the reason they lost the game, which is one of the things going into it that I think everyone kind of had a concern. Like, uh, this could be if you lose a Super Bowl because you went in with a kicker that's inexperienced and has not shown up and and had the ability to win a game. That would be yep. really heartbreaking. Has he calmed you guys down a bit? Like seeing him hit that fifty-five yard. I feel like he's kicked pretty well lately. Like, has he calmed your guys' nerves as far as like watching him all year? No, he got an extra point blocked in the Super Bowl. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> in a game like that, where it matters, I was, I was trying to give him one, but that's fair. <laughs> no, no, but but to that point, Jesse, yeah, like he lined up for that fifty-five yarder in a zero-zero game, and this is a thing. Like, I was as hard on Jake Moody and as hard on the 49ers for that pick as anybody. That was to me a a wasted draft pick, unless he was going to be Justin Tucker, and and he comes out in the Super Bowl and drills a fifty-five yarder to take the lead in the second quarter, early in the second quarter, he drills a 53 yarder to give the 49ers the lead with a minute 57 left. And then in overtime to give him the lead, he drills a 27 yarder. I mean, three kicks to, to take the lead in the Super Bowl. One of them inside of two minutes, one of them in overtime. That's if, if they're going to have to deal with some ups and downs in the, in the regular season, but they're going to get that kind of performance in a, in a Super Bowl. I, I think the the extra point thing, he was he only missed one. He had one blocked at the end of the regular season against the Rams. But other than that, he was perfect on PAT. So that's not something I'm necessarily concerned about. So he did answer a lot of questions for me. Um, we were talking about uh, the 49ers window, right? And it, mm-hmm. it's it's been a huge topic of discussion for the last couple of months, right? This might mm-hmm. be one of the last times a they get to a position like this. And, you know, when you get done with this game, I was telling Jesse, it just feels like the Patrick Mahomes window will never close. Like, as long as he is an NFL quarterback, the Chiefs are going to be relevant. Even this year, where they really don't have any specialty players at all. And he had to Mm -hmm. create one out of Rashi Rice uh, down the stretch. And, like, Mm -hmm. they didn't have anything. But 
the windows of these two teams, isn't that weird where you look at one team and you, you keep looking at the window and the other team yeah. are like, man, that dude's just got a stopper in the window. Like that thing, like he, you know, when you can put the little stick in the window seal. So the window, yeah, yeah he, he's just jammed the window open. Yeah. It, it, that's what, I mean, that's what Patrick Mahomes does, man. And that's, that's where the team building philosophy thing is interesting to me because the 49ers, at least for, for now have a quarterback that it looks like needs, you know, a, a roster around him to really, uh, to really thrive the way he did. And, and, you know, it's still TBD on, on Purdy. I would, I would imagine he'll, I I would imagine he would not be able to take Rashi Rice and Justin Watson and Noah Gray and Isaiah Pacheco as four of their five leading receivers and, and take them to a Super Bowl. I don't think he can necessarily do that, but that's, that's why teams, that's why the Niners traded up for Trey Lance. Like that's the kind of player they were trying to get and they, and they didn't, but even then, um, I think Josh Allen is probably that type of player. I think the Bills think they have a player like that, and it hasn't mattered because of Patrick Holmes. The Ravens think they have a player like that, and it hasn't mattered. They haven't even been to a conference championship game. So, or they've been to to one conference championship game. Excuse me. So I, I'm I, I don't I don't I don't know what what the answer is for the rest of the league as long as Mahomes is around because this is probably the worst Chiefs team we're going to see over the next uh over the next 10 years or so and they they still hoisted a Lombardi trophy. That's crazy. The thing is too is like you can't like just go out and like oh I need to find like the next Mahomes. It's just like it's almost easier probably finding a Brock Purdy and building around him than it is finding like a Mahomes or like a like a yeah. Josh Allen stuff like that. You know, a guy who's just going to transcend and going to elevate everyone around him. Yeah. Just for how good Mahomes is right now, too. I agree. In terms of trying I, I to beat him. It, yeah, I think I think you're you're probably right. And I think that's the way the Niners are gonna kind of move forward with their with their team building philosophy until until maybe they fall backwards into one of those guys. But I don't know for now. That's just kind of what do you what do, what did you guys think of of the of the decision to take the ball in overtime? Mm. I I mean I get it. So basically what Shanahan said was that they wanted to try to go out and score a touchdown, which they hadn't been scoring touchdowns all game. So mm-hmm. that was kind of strange, but to go out and get ahead, because the fact is that if the, you get an opportunity, even if you score a touchdown mm-hmm. in overtime in the Super Bowl, you get an opportunity mm-hmm. to match that touchdown and then it right. goes to sudden death. And so I kind of understand the thought process that mm-hmm. if we're going to score, they're going to score, then it comes down to sudden death. And the last thing I want is to put the ball in Mahomes' hand and all he's got to do is get in field goal range. Yeah, I, I, I kind of James made that point before the show earlier, and I kind of I was like after you said that I was kind of like yeah that makes sense because it's like I don't want to give the ball back to Mahomes if I'm thinking I'm gonna go down and score or whatever. And um, yeah, and they're gonna I don't want to give it back to him. And I think too I think a lot of like that decision like that's not I think a lot too much is being made of it. I don't think that's where like they lost the game where it's like one of these oh well he should have took it the other way like it it happened he took he took the ball and they lost. Yeah, I don't. I, I so Shanahan said they were playing for the third, the third possession, and Andy Reid basically said, "Well, we would have gone for two if we got a touchdown. We would have gone for two in the win, mm. which nullifies the whole the whole third possession thing." So I I I get that logic. The other thing that that has not gotten brought up nearly enough: go watch the 49ers defense at the end of the fourth quarter. They were clearly running on fumes. Yeah, and I think you get a long drive there. The Niners' offense took like eight minutes off the clock. He had a long drive there. I, 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 I mean, obviously it didn't work, right? We can all sit here in hindsight's twenty twenty, 
and you go, well, it didn't work anyway. They scored a touchdown, even though the defense got the rest. But I think that that had to play uh, a role too in, in the 49ers decision, at least, at least a little bit. Yeah. I think both teams were pretty gassed at the end. I I, I do. I I mean, I think this was like quarters. It was an, an extremely emotional five quarters too, you know, especially Mm -hmm. Niners losing Greenlaw. Uh, you know, like the whole entire thing felt like it was, it was so intense. I don't know. Like for me watching that game, it was one hell of a game. Like the whole time you're just sitting there, they're like, I I don't know who's going to win, but this is a heavyweight fight. And it, it, even though it's low scoring, it doesn't feel boring. It doesn't feel like there's, you know, it felt like people were making great play after great play on both sides of the ball. The energy was crazy. And I think when you get to the end of a game like that, especially when it goes into overtime, you've expelled so much energy just in the atmosphere and being there and like the intensity of being in the Super Bowl that I can understand why why players were were feeling it late in the game. Oh, for sure. For sure. And I think, like you said, you saw it on both sides. Yeah. And the Niners just didn't. The Chiefs made plays and the Niners didn't. I mean, that's sports, man. That's <laughs> just kind of how it goes sometimes. That's yeah. a fun game, though, dude. Like, yeah, uh, you know, emotion, emotion aside, if if you're just a, a neutral observer watching that game, um, I think it was I think it was a ton of fun. Was there anything that stood out? Sorry, Jesse, was there anything that stood out to you of just like the entire atmosphere, whether, you know, like the I, I don't think they overdid the Taylor Swift thing at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought the NFL did a really good job of like, I, I thought the commercials were good. I thought the game was good. I thought the atmosphere was great. I thought that they really, like, if you're putting on a perfect show, this is mm-hmm. kind of like it, like a Las Vegas show. This is what you wanted. Even halftime. I thought halftime was great. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was, that was one of yeah. my favorite on halftime shows. I think he killed it. Yeah. Just yeah. the right amount of just the, the right amount of guest appearances for like the correct length. And then it just it was it was great. I thought it was I thought it was really good. Well, like you said, James, I don't think like the whole from start to finish with the Super Bowl. I don't think there was anything like left on the table. It was just it had, it had everything. Stories all there. Yeah. yeah, Kyle, what did you think about the the miniature car that came to go get Dre Greenlaw? <laughs> uh, it's a little bit different, right? A little bit different cart. What a what what a terrible way. Wait, what did I say? Oh, I don't know. They paused. You. I, I don't say? know. <laughs> We, we play on. We play on. I guess we play on. All right, we're playing. All right, it's play, play. Okay, uh, yeah. That just speaking of that, that's that was awful. Like what a terrible. The Niners went into that game with twenty of their twenty-two week one starters in in the on the field and available, and then they lose Dre Greenlaw not on a play, not on not on a. Oh, he got rolled up on. He made a hit and it busted up his shoulder. He running onto the field. He tears his Achilles. Like that is just brutal. Yeah, it just felt like he was so hopped up, so much energy, so much intensity. And I felt the same thing with Debo. When Debo, like it was when he pulled up lame, it was like, oh no. Like you guys are way too amped up. Like your inability to like calm down and be in the moment and and try to expel energy the right way. Like if Felt like the Niners, like the intensity of the game was a little bit much for them early on. And unfortunately for Greenlaw, I mean, I, like what a catastrophic yeah, thing to happen. Yeah, brutal. With the Debo stuff, isn't that kind of like the team's identity, though? I feel like they kind of like, they're always coming out ready to punch you in the mouth. Yeah. 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 I de- yeah. If, they're, if they come out 
low energy or whatever. I, I, I don't necessarily, I don't know. I don't, I didn't, I didn't think that was, that was a huge problem. Like Debo's had injury problems his, his entire career. Yes. The, the green lot thing. That's just such a freak injury. I don't know what happened to George Kittle. I do know that George Kittle, not on the field and then running a running play in overtime on second and two to the side of your rookie tight end who hasn't played a snap or an offensive snap or no, I'm, I'm sorry. He played four offensive snaps in the previous two playoff games combined. Mm. And then you run it to his side instead of running it behind Trent Williams. Uh, that was highly because it's called for holding highly questionable. That that was like, what in the world are you doing? But that was one of the few though. Like if you go back, like, I don't know how many plays you can really just like say, Hey, look, you blew that one Shanahan. So, yeah, I, I didn't, I, that's the thing is, I mean, big picture for me, I know it's boring. I, I didn't get to the space at all at any point over the last 12 or so hours where I'm like, somebody has got to be fired. Somebody's got to go. They got to make these major changes. Like, nah, man, they just, there were a couple of, of tough decisions, but there were plenty of plays we made on the field that didn't get made. And that's kind of where it's at. Yeah, I would agree. All right. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more uh, NFL football. We do have some Sacramento King stuff. We do also have a couple of uh, Jiffy Lube gift certificates to give away from a busy weekend of Sacramento Kings basketball. So we'll touch on the Kings. Uh, but you're listening to The Insiders here on ESPN 1320, brought to you by Jiffy Lube. See you in just a minute. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 